Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening. It's the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. I'm Brent. I'm Jeff. And we are here. Episode two of our Colossians series and uh, excited to keep plowing on. It was a great episode last week talking about the fruit, the fruitful life of a believer and um, how Paul was praying for the Colossians in that. And uh, I don't know, I was rocked. Jeff, I know you were too. And we're just excited to see what God has in store for this episode tonight, The Supremacy of Christ. Part two of our Colossians series. You can check us out online, www.thealterlife.com for all your altar life needs. And uh, we're going to jump right into verse 13. We left off, uh, it's kind of mid-thought, but we had to break it up somehow. So uh, just kind of get a running start. He's talking about last week how he's thanking God and asking God that we, or the Colossians, I should say. I say we because I know it's here for us, but that um, we would know God's will and that we would give thanks to the Father because he qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's Jesus. a great verse right there. <laughs> it's like one verse, bam. Yep. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. His love, the love that he loved Jesus with is the same love that he loves us with. And Jesus says that in John 17. He says, Father, I pray that you would love them with the love with which you love me before the foundation of the world crazy stuff just from the beginning and that's what we're talking about the beginning jesus christ he's been there from the beginning and he is over all things we're excited to dive into that tonight jesus you know this is tonight we're going to be talking about jesus you know he is the head of everything and and the supremacy of christ you know how he is the one to be preeminent not to jump ahead but um you know when it starts off with you know the cross. I mean, tonight's going to be about that too, you know, like what he's done and where we are in relationship to that. You know, we don't we don't deserve to be in the same sentence as all the stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. <laughs> um, and somehow we find ourselves um, through the amazing love of Christ, we find ourselves conveyed into his kingdom, you know. Um, you know, he's delivered us from the power of darkness and if you you know, before you were saved, you know, Jeff and I were saved very, very, very young. So, um, you know, we don't have that testimony of, oh, we were, uh, you know, doing drugs. And we were, you know, doing these different things and then God saved us. But we've definitely tasted darkness in the sense of our own sin and flesh. And um, it's amazing to think that he's delivered us from our flesh and from the sin um, nature that we have and conveyed us into the kingdom because of Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. We, we played earlier, switch with the original. That's what Jesus is. He's the firstborn over all creation. And uh, I just think it's amazing. Verse 14, in whom, in Jesus, the son of his love, God's love, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Christ, the, the redemption of Christ. I mean, we could go on and on and on. And tonight, you know, it, it all comes back to him because he is supreme over all things. And um, I'm just going to get rocked. I already can feel it. <laughs> like already like the supremacy of Christ. That's crazy. But it's important to realize it. And I think the way we will apply it tonight is what areas of our life is Christ not supreme? And uh, 
I'm not talking about like pizza or a taco supreme. You know what I mean? I'm talking like seriously, what is it in our life that God doesn't have control of? And there's everybody has something. I know what my stuff is. I know I don't know what Brent's stuff is, but he does. Um, <laughs> there are areas that whether it's we don't fully rely on him, we don't trust him, we you know take the reins when we shouldn't. That kind of stuff. You know, there are areas where God is not on the throne and Jesus is not in headship or, or does not have the authority in the rightful way that he should. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight and the importance of allowing Jesus to have the role that God has given him. It's not like he's taken it for himself. God has placed him as the head of all things. Who are we to say, nah, not right here. It's not, it's not right. It's not the way it should go. And, um, you know, thinking about the work that Jesus did on the cross and then moving into this verse 15, talking about Jesus, the son of God. He is the image of the invisible God. Like when no one's seen God, <laughs> God, um, and Jesus became the representation or the image. Uh, um, he put on the manly, uh, the man costume, the tent that we all, you know, carry around with us. And um, became the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. You know, he was the first. He was there first from the beginning. And uh, I mean, you look at Genesis, and you and, you know says no, he wasn't. You know, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, but you know, there's different parts of Genesis where he says, you know, it's it's um, you know, he uses the word hour to kind of talk about the Trinity and how Jesus was there. I mean, he was there creating the world with his father and it's so cool to, to look to think about that um and it says that we were made in his image you know jesus's image so um you know jesus has is the firstborn over all creation and what does that mean what does that mean to us tonight when we think about oh that's nice to know you know does that actually apply to us you know what what does that mean well it means that jesus was the first he was there <laughs> he was there first you know and um the, the God, Jesus, man, who created everything, came to earth and died for you. <laughs> His cre- creation. Think about that. That's, that's out of control. Um, it doesn't make sense. And you know what? It's not gonna because it's, it's, heavenly, it's heavenly transactions that are going on here. Um, but he is the firstborn over all creation, the image of the invisible God. Thank God that we had Jesus come and rescue us. Um, and he goes on, he says, For by, all, by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and, I love this, and for him. You know, it was created through Jesus Christ, but not only just through him, it was created for him. You know, wow, we have been created for Jesus Christ, you know, and in some way, you know, us walking away from God in our flesh and sin, he's reconciling us back to himself. He created us for him and now he's reconciling us back to himself. And we're just going to keep chewing on this because this is stuff you just have to keep chewing. When Brent was talking about how all things were created through him and for him, we were made through Jesus and for Jesus to be, you know, basically according to his good pleasure. That's what we're here for. You know, God didn't create us because he needed a bunch of slaves and and servants to walk around, do his bidding. He created us because he wanted to, because he loved us. He wanted 
to love and to show his love to us. You know, and he did that by sending his son to die for us, obviously. But there's a great verse. It actually starts out the book of Hebrews, and it says, it ties this in very nicely. Uh, God, who at, va- at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding the all things by the word of his power when he had himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's a lot of words, obviously, but I just love that. It says, through whom, Jesus Christ, also God made the worlds. He, he made the world through Jesus, who is the brightness of God's glory, Jesus is, and the, he's the express image of his person. He's God personified. You know, like he... Jesus, you know, when he, I forget it was Philip or whoever said, show us the Father and it's enough for us. And he said, have, you, have I been with you so long? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus, and we'll never fully understand this. I, you know, God doesn't have a face. God doesn't have, you know, a figure. He's spirit. God is spirit. Jesus said that himself. But somehow Jesus is the personification of God. And we'll never fully understand his complete manhood and his complete Godhood. I guess that's how you would say it, but... But he wants us to, to wonder at these things. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in his word to understand that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. How much God loved us that he wanted us to be able to have a face to behold and to love, to be able to interact with us, that intimacy that God showed by bringing Jesus to the earth. It's pretty amazing. Thanks for listening to our friends Brent and Jeff on the Ultra Life. Rock. All right, that was Get Back, Nine Lashes, and um, you know we're talking about Jesus and the, all things were created through him, you know, going back to the very f- beginning of everything, <laughs> creation, um, you know, when he created man, you know, he said, he, God said, so let us make man in our, in our image, you know, Lord God saying, Let's create, God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. And, you know, it goes on and says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And, um, and God blessed them. And it's it's cool because, he, you know, our. Well, who's the plural there? Well, it's talking about the Trinity. He's there right from the beginning. If you fast forward into... Chapter 2, it says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. God's very breath, you know, was breathed through us, that lifeless body that that brought us to life. You know, his very breath is the breath we breathe. That's pretty cool. And you think forward and he says, you know, he was there in the garden. You look forward and he says, you know, the Lord God calls us to sleep. The Lord God walked he, the, it says when they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden the cold of the day and I was like I'm just picturing like you know Jesus Christ walking through the garden you know looking for Adam and Eve after they sinned going why are you hiding from me Jesus was all over that scene you know they're creating you know creating man in his own image with his own breath walking with him in the garden like as you said, Jeff, there's something personal with that, that, you know, 
It's not just this God that no one could see. He was there in bodily form, interacting with his creation in the beginning, I believe. And, um, you know, and then came back again to save us from our sin. All right. That was the second half of a Starfield double play, The Kingdom. And uh, who's in charge of the kingdom? Obviously, it's Jesus. It says it right there. For by him, all things were created visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him he is before all things and in him all things consist he holds everything together too not only and we, we i think we read that in hebrews it's a holds everything together by the word of his power so all he has to do is say the word and it could all just fold up get out of here you know that's why it's so amazing that he would take this position and it's important for us to get the the context here and to understand who we are talking about when we talk about Jesus and if we have our priorities or, or if we see him in light of these truths here what are we doing with our lives you know what I mean like who are we to say I'm on the throne you know what I mean that's what we're talking about the supremacy of Christ we need to understand fully I, mean, I don't think we'll ever understand fully but we need to understand who he is first before we can start talking about how he, we make him, you know, supreme in our lives. Because until we grasp how great he is and how powerful he is, then we're always going to think, eh, you know, it's up to me, kind of. You know, he like we're always going to think there's something redeemable within ourselves, and that all our salvation and all this stuff is totally through him. It has nothing to do with that. Oh, God loved us so much because we were just like, we were just so cute and and. <laughs> We messed up, sure, but but it was just a little mistake. He, he, I can't live without you. You know, it's God was fully sufficient in and of Himself. All of it that He did for us was through His love and for His love for us through Jesus Christ. And we just need to understand that and and live our lives according to that. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. <laughs> That was Love's Taking Over to kick off Hour 2, and it's time for our unbelievable segment. Tonight, we're talking about the supremacy of Christ, and uh, we were just, Brent and I were talking about how whenever something is made supreme, it's always better. Yeah, always. Or at least you think it's better. Yeah, it might not actually be better. You're like, I think, wow. I think people probably scam, scam by throwing the supreme in there. Just to make you think it's better, but maybe it's not really. They've they've, uh, they've cheapened the word, yeah, almost because it's like, really, did adding sour cream to this taco make it supreme above all other tacos? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Still doesn't have guacamole on it, and that would make it even more yeah. supreme. What? Yeah. What is it? A bo- is it supremer? Is that going to be like a new word in our vocabulary? The supreme yeah. double XL. Is there an adjective greater than supreme? <laughs> I I don't know. I challenge you to find one. Or the Supreme Pan Pizza. Oh, Pan Pizza. Why did I have to say that? Now I want Pan Pizza. Mm. The hard crust on the outside. Oh, but they're like pepperoni pizza. Supreme. And it's or you just, could have the pepperoni pizza without the Supreme. Which one would you choose? And you're just like, oh, that pepperoni pizza sounds supreme. Sounds <laughs> awful. It's just, oh, why would you even mention that? It's not even fit for the dogs under the table. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. that's true. <laughs> that is really true. I, I, 
you know, you look at a lot of menus and a lot of those kinds of things, and you see the word supreme, and, and I am always very I'm skeptical at this point, and I'm sad that the word supreme has brought skepticism into my life. <laughs> You know, I'm like, you know, is it really what it's cracked up to be? You're always kind of like, yeah, it's probably not going to be that great. Yeah, it's you not know? supreme if you can easily bring the food home and make it supreme by adding your own sour cream to it. <laughs> I'll save the 30 cents. <laughs> Gee whiz. Cheese whiz. Cheese whiz. That's cheese whiz supreme. supreme would be great. That's what, it's the same with like a cheeseburger <laughs> deluxe. Yeah. Ooh. Like, wow, a deluxe. That's crazy. You just add a word and it automatically conjures up emotions and... Salivating. <laughs> this segment's making me really hungry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why would I? Why did I decide to talk about food at an unbelievable? It always happens. It's late. It's like we need fourth meal, and we need it now. <laughs> it's eleven o'clock. Someone want to bring that yeah. over to us? Uh, that'd be great. We'd yeah. appreciate that. When we look at Jesus as the Word of God describes Him, the image of the invisible God, how amazing is it that when we see that He he shed those, that deity, in a sense. When he came to earth, he condescended. He took on the form of a bondservant. You know, as people were like, oh, it's like if if you had a planet of chihuahuas and you became a chihuahua and died for the chihuahuas. And they're like, that's terrible. Why would you even talk about that? Like, <laughs> you can't even describe it. To be up in that heavenly place where, you know, we don't even know what it's like. But to have that complete supreme authority over all things and then to come and be subject to other men to be to be subject to your creation in a sense and then to tell your creation yes it's okay to be subject to the rulers and the kingdoms and all those things what and even to be subject to the nails and the you know the the things that held him on the cross and inflicted so much pain when he was the very thing that create he was the very person that created all of those elements that held that nail together that's, a, that's an incredible thing, and that's why it's amazing that he would do that for us and love us, even though we are in rebellion against him as his creation. And that's that last song, You Found Me First. It's all about him. It's all about our response to what he's already done and because he's the first. you know, He's not coming up and like, oh, yeah, me too. It, he did it first, and everything we do is, a, uh, is reciprocal. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm done. You know, <laughs> no, I was just, I'm getting kind of encouraged by the fact that when we look at what Jesus, who Jesus is, it's a, it's a perspective changer, isn't it? Like Jesus, sad to say, even in our churches, sometimes becomes commonplace. Like he's our homie. He's our, you know, he's, he's the, our savior who forgives us our sins. And that's true. But as we grow in understanding who Jesus is, and we actually think about the fact that he like created the world and he created us and. It gives a perspective to who Jesus is. And when you think about what he did on the cross at the same time, it gives a perspective that, that wow, if I really believe that he is who he's saying he is right here, what does that look like in my life? How does that change who I am in him? As Brent was saying, you know, when we look at God, when we look at Jesus Christ, the, the image of God, how does that change how we view ourselves in light of those things? You know, he's the king and we're not, but oftentimes we can't give the scepter away. You know what I mean? We're like, no, it's my throne. I, I, I don't know what to do with it. And that's what we're kind of bringing it in to apply it to our own life. The supremacy of Christ is where else should he be in our life other than the throne? 
that's his rightful place and i'm so convicted that i could wake up and breathe the air that he's given me to breathe and then decide to go and do my own thing that day you know what i mean it's just it's ridiculous but that's what we do because we get our eyes off the we get our eyes off of who Jesus is. We put our eyes on our problems, we put our eyes on ourselves, on our own ambitions, on our own desires. And Jeff becomes supreme because Jeff wants a taco supreme and his hunger means more than you know, uh, I could go and spend some time in the word, but I'm really hungry, so I'm going to go, you know, even something as trivial trivial as that, it can get our eyes off of Jesus Christ and his authority in the universe over the universe and hopefully it when we see that it should cause us to react in a way where we're like god take the authority of my life please because it's yours you know who am i to to hold it it's prideful and that's the ultimate sin that's where sin came from it was i know better than what god knows yeah, it's position. It's the positional problem. It's like I think that I can be as good as you, God, because I can handle some of these things in my life. I don't need your help with this thing. You know, I got I got this one. Um, even at even in terms of being pure, you know, we can think that um, just in our the holiness of our life and how God calls us to a to a calling that we're supposed to walk in. You know. You know, we can say, "Well, I got this. I can figure out how to manipulate my life so I don't my life so I don't sin." Um, and we can almost sometimes front slide in the sense that we're, you know, we're, we're living according to our own rules and regulations and, and legalism and such that we're building up building up false a false sense of that. And I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to when we really are honest with ourselves is that you know. It all starts with Jesus Christ and him being on the throne of our hearts. And as we submit to that, we see how our life changes to be reflective of our creator, the firstborn of all creation, right? We start looking like who we were created to be in the image of. And um, that's what we all want, right? You know, as as Colossians continues where he says, and he is before all things and in him, in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. And when we look at that, we say he is the head of the body of Christ, and we are the body of Christ, and he is our head. And what does that really mean? That means that what can we do? What can we bring to the table? What can we do to lead or to to um, think that we have anything to offer in this situation? And you know, continuing on, just thinking about how when we put ourselves in the place of created in the image of you, God, and we put ourselves in the in the place of you are the preeminent one, and I am your servant, you know, and I'm not just your servant because, you know, like we would give, we would be servants to someone, like another person on the earth. Like it's not, we are serving you, God, because you are the, the only reason why we even exist is because you created us. It's like, you know, I think about Pinocchio. <laughs> and it's like if Pinocchio is old, it's like, you know what? You know, maker, <laughs> um, I'm better than you. You know, it's like, well, you wouldn't even exist unless I got my my wood carver out and carved you up, you know? So get in line, right? But that that that's, the, that's how stupid it is, right? That we, and we think that. We live our lives thinking... We got it. 
and we don't we don't got it jesus has it he's the head he's the he's the head of the body of christ and what does that make our what does that how does that change your life today as you look at what's going on do you think you got it all put together you know do you think you have you've got it covered or do you really feel yourself in utter need of jesus christ well you know what that's the better place to be because you are in utter need of jesus christ talking about kingdoms talking about the image of god which is jesus christ and uh, the supremacy of christ in our lives and what does that look like what does it look like to have god be who he's supposed to be in our lives you know what i mean and I, I'm just so challenged and convicted by this because I know I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up and it's going to be another battle for supremacy in my life. And it's always that way. It's, okay, Is in this circumstance, is my flesh going to be supreme? Is my flesh wants this thing, so am I going to allow that to, roll, to rule? Is it going to be my heart, the desire that I have, you know, my motivations, my emotions? Is it going to be my mind, my intellect? I know better than what God knows because this makes more sense by my reason. And a lot of people try to do that, you know. They can't reason it out, so they dismiss it. But if God is preeminent, if he's supreme over all things, then everything else should fall behind that. It's like, okay, I believe God to be the once-for-all authority over the entire universe. And anything that I can't understand, I submit to that. I say, okay, well, God knows, and I live according to that. You know, whatever it may be, whether it's our finances, is he supreme over those things, and what we spend our money on, our time, is he supreme over our time, our body, how we use our body, is he supreme over that? There's so many things that we need to take inventory of, and I'm going to do it. You know, I have to, because he needs to be supreme, or else he's not. You know, I mean, that seems elementary, but... If God's not supreme in your life, then he has no place in your life at all. And, you know, that seems drastic. But ultimately, that's what if God's like, if, if I'm not going to be God, then what am I? You know, then I'm nothing in your life. Mm-hmm. And let's confess our sin to the Lord and ask him to forgive us and repent of that mentality where we have any authority whatsoever. Because whether we're a believer or not, God has authority over all things. Yeah, I think sometimes we isolate like, oh, non-believers, they they don't have to submit to God's authority because they're not Christians. It's like, well, no, he's still the great authority over everything, and they just don't understand it yet. But they are still going to come and bow because he's supreme over all things, and it's important for us to understand who God is. And, you know, I think about how Jesus was our creator, and we are his creation, and that in all things in him we consist. You know, as we as we start falling in line and we start conforming to him and to to what he has for us. You know, we were all created in his image for his purposes, to bring glory to himself. And, you know, as we fall closer in line to his calling for our lives, and as we keep this perspective we've been talking about tonight, honestly, we start looking at, you know, we start looking more like what God created us to be, you know? We start looking a little bit clearer, a little bit more like the firstborn of all creation, Jesus Christ himself. And as we gaze on him and we look at what he did on the cross, as as our focus is on that, we start looking at, our lives start looking like what we're focused on, right? Isn't that cool? So that's a challenge tonight. You know, I'm challenged by that, you know, to look at my own life and say, Lord, what are those things that, that you want to change? But ultimately, what are the things that I'm not looking at you for, you know? 
um, because ultimately I want my life and I want my my end to be what God wants it to be and I want my I want me to be looking like who I was created to be right we all we all want that that's we all want to be who God created us to be right we pray that you know we pray that for our kids um, but let's let's really do it and take God at his word if we really believe who Christ is then it should change our life and it should look like something so um, with that we'll have one more song and until next week be cool cats live for Christ the altar life music truth real period